and welcome to the R. Jackson Home Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Miranda Ferris. She is the crime reporter for the Jackson Sun. Uh, Miranda, welcome to the R. Jackson Home Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, Miranda, um, I feel like most of our listeners probably don't see you around public a whole lot because you're in the courtroom all the time. I am. Uh, so why don't you give us a little bit of background? Where where'd you grow up? That kind of stuff. I grew up in Middle Tennessee. I'm actually I'm from Winchester, which is pretty much the middle of nowhere off of I-24. Okay. So go through Manchester, hang a right, and drive until you get really, really bored. Um, I went from Winchester to Murfreesboro, where I went to MTSU. Uh, graduated in May of 2015, about four-ish months after I started working in Jackson. Um, have a degree in mass communications. And then I moved here, obviously. So you were working before you graduated? Yes. I commuted back and forth from Murfreesboro, and it was just as awful as you might think. That sounds <laughs> It's a two-and-a-half-hour drive from mm-hmm. where I lived in Jackson at the time to where I lived in Murfreesboro at the time. Mm-hmm. And I drove, I worked 10-hour shifts, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Got off work Monday at like 10.30 or 11. If the planets aligned and the universe was like, yes, you may go now. Um, I would get off work at like 10.30, drive back to Murfreesboro, sleep for five or six hours, wake up, go to class. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday night, I left at like 7.30, drove two and a half hours back here and was back at work by like 11 or 12. So you were like a full-time job in the last semester of your senior year at MTSU. And how did you make that connection to the sun? Um, actually, Nicole Manna was the crime reporter before me. Nicole was an MTSU grad, mm-hmm. and we had the same faculty advisor. And I had kind of already started to develop this like crime reporter side. Mm-hmm. And our faculty advisor was like, hey, Nicole is leaving Jackson and moving to North Carolina. She's in Wichita now. Mm-hmm. And I think you would be super for this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Yeah, why not? Might as well give it a shot, right? Yeah. Um, didn't really think it was going to work out. And then Steve Kaufman called me. I was like, hey, you want to come interview? Be a crime reporter in Jackson? Okay. Obviously, that's not verbatim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's awesome. So so the MTSU funnel is strong um, to to uh, to Jackson. L- a little bit more about you. Apparently, you're a big Harry Potter fan. I love Harry Potter, and there's actually a funny story about that that links back to Nicole. Okay. Um, when I first started here and everybody found out that I was a dark-haired MTSU graduate who liked Harry Potter, it became a joke because Nicole is also a dark-haired MTSU graduate who loves Harry Potter. <laughs> so, But yes, um, I grew up reading Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, movies came out. I have the eight disc box set mm-hmm. and in college when I couldn't sleep, that's what I did. I watched Harry Potter yeah. and I read the Harry Potter books until I could fall asleep. So as a, as a diehard fan, you know, I'm sure you have a house. I'm a Slytherin. That's terrifying. <laughs> um, I speak parcel tongue, didn't you? Oh, know? that's, uh, well, that's the end of this podcast. Um, <laughs> no, so, uh. How do you feel about them expanding the universe? Like adding the new stories and all that kind of jazz? I have a love-hate relationship with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it because I love Harry Potter and you can only reread the books and rewatch the movies so yeah. many times before you know everything that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. 
I read Fantastic Beasts and I watched the movie and I wasn't a huge fan of the movie. Hmm. Um, the book's pretty okay, yeah. but you got to think that basically you're taking a textbook out of the Harry Potter universe. Yeah, and trying to make a thing out of it. And it's you can only go so far with yeah. that. But the Cursed Child was awesome, mm. um, and I'm super bummed that I couldn't go to London and actually watch the play. Yeah, which is what I really wanted to do. Have you been to the uh, the Universal Studios? Yes, I yeah. have. Um, I actually this is really weird. I went with my mom. Because my mom also loves Harry Potter. That's special. That's great. It was amazing. Dude, my mom and I are the same person. Um, I'm literally her mini-me. <laughs> we just were total nerds going through Harry Potter world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, one of the reporters who used to work here, Catherine Burgess, who is also in Wichita. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I think- um, like half of the staff went to Wichita when Roy went there. Yeah, Roy, Steve, Catherine, and then Nicole left Nebraska and went to Wichita. Mm-hmm. And I was like, thank you guys. Yeah. Um, but we brought Kat back a pygmy puff that we have now named Priscilla. And as an update, Priscilla is doing fine. She's really adjusting to Kansas very well. <laughs> Saw a picture of her last night. She's happy. Um. And then, uh, besides Harry Potter, you also are a big fan of Onyx. Yes, Onyx is my baby. She is perfect and wonderful in every way imaginable. She's also my dog. It's a dog, right? And and what kind of dog? She is a pit bull. She's a year old. She turned a year old at the end of July. And she is... I don't want to say she's a monster, because Mm -hmm. she's not. She's a puppy um, with a lot, a lot of energy. Yeah. And a very strong personality. She destroyed a bed last week, and I'm still kind of mad about it. Yeah. And it's hard to express that anger to a dog. Because she's just so cute. And it's so hard to stay mad at her. Um, And then you're currently in in a book a month. um, You're trying to read a book every month this year. I am. And how's that going? Pretty well so far. Um, I've fallen behind a couple of times just because I get lazy and I don't want to. but so far, eight months in, I've read nine books, I think. Please don't ask me to name them. That's because... a schedule. Yeah, it well, is. Well, what's what's been your favorite book that you've read so far? Oh. Um, I've got a tie. Okay. I had to think about That's that fine. for a second. Um, I really liked Anna Kendrick's Scrappy Little Nobody. Um, super relatable. Adore Anna Kendrick. I guess that's a, a biography or an autobiography. autobiography. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I adore Anna Kendrick mm-hmm. because she is a human being, and her Twitter is hilarious. Okay. Um, the other one is The Old Man and the Sea. So very two very different pieces there. Get why there's a tie now. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, so Miranda, let's take a break, and we'll come back and talk more about the journalism aspect of your life. Um, so. Uh, between the Tennessee and Mississippi rivers. This is R. Jackson. And we're back with R. Jackson Home. I'm joined by Miranda Ferris, who is the, the crime reporter for the Jackson Sun. Now, Miranda, how did, when did you decide journalism was like like the thing you were going to do because it's not like like I feel like most jobs are not like journalism where it's like people like go from banking to insurance or like you know a lot of different things I feel like journalism is like you have to really want to do journalism 
Absolutely. Um, I actually grew up in a newspaper. I didn't. I didn't want to be a journalist mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Like some people are like, oh, I wanted to do this when I was little. I ran around the neighborhood with a notepad. And... Yeah. No, no. Sure didn't. Um, my aunt was a bookkeeper at my hometown newspaper. Mm-hmm. My best friend's mom had been kind of a freelancer when we were kids and it was just something that was kind of in the peripheral um Mm -hmm. i used to go on weekends when my aunt would go to work i used to go with her and play around in the in the reporter's cubicles and stuff sorry guys um but i don't really remember what i wanted to do as a kid like i went through every kid goes through all those phases of i want to do this and i want to do this Mm -hmm. um I kind of fell into it, actually, in college. Um, first, I was a photo major. Didn't work out. Can't shoot to save my life. Um, then I was an education major, um, going for pre-K to third grade certification. And I am not that patient of a person yeah, to yeah. deal with little kids. So I don't think most Slytherins would be. No. No, it doesn't work very well. I'm a very Snape kind of person. <laughs> um then somehow I went back to photography and met some of the people because I had classes in the mass comm building mm-hmm. and I ended up just stumbling into a basic reporting class and decided, okay, this is cool. Let's see how long this lasts yeah. until I change my mind again. Yeah. And so did you start out writing crime? I uh, started out actually writing features. So happy, fluffy things. Like longer, like not Much necessarily longer. news. And I'm using you can't see, you can't hear. It right <laughs> now, but I'm using bunny quotes, like not necessarily news, but right. Um, like I would go to events and write like a longer feature about why they do the things they do, yeah. and and I kind of still do features in mm-hmm. my crime role. Um, so it's. Like the EMS story that I just did was Sunday stories. Okay. Um, and those were featurey. They were on a specific thing within my beat, which is technically public safety. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you think of features, you think of things like, um, like we do Sunday in the South, religion, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like in-depth pieces on a specific thing, why they do what they do, how it works, who yeah. they are kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, I started doing that. And then in 2013, 2014, I did an internship at the Tennessean with um, a group from MTSU of five or six of us. Mm-hmm. And I started working on courts then, working in federal courts and working in state courts and doing breaking news a little bit. And the first breaking news I did was actually a plane crash. It was a fatal plane crash. Mm. Um, and from there, it just kind of... I didn't want to go back to features. Mm. I had gotten bored with features. Yeah. Because it's hard to get to know people when you're just doing one story. Yeah. And it may be a little bit of an adrenaline rush type thing. Yeah, you know, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Um, now, you, you, you said a line while we were prepping that I just thought was fascinating. And so you you like to bring light to the crime scene? I'm the comic relief at my crime scenes because I am clumsy, I am graceful, and I am loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've 
done a lot of things to embarrass myself. Um, when I'm waiting, I sit on my car. Mm-hmm. If it's nice outside, I'll sit on my car and just wait on whoever my point person is to get done. Right, and to do their briefing. And I have fallen trying to get off the hood of my car. I've tripped on rocks. I've tripped in holes. And I don't ever full-blown fall. I just kind of like stumble Mm -hmm. fall and hope that nobody saw me do it. Yeah. And But inevitably, someone saw you do it. Like 20 people see me do it. A bunch of police officers, pretty alert folks usually. What so so that leads me to the next question. What does the crime reporter do? So you go to all the you go to I mean not every crime scene or every crime scene or how does that work? We cover thirteen counties. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah. super easy, easy right? right? Um, we cover thirteen counties, and I don't make every single scene mm-hmm. in all those fifteen counties because I'm one person and I don't have a teleporter. Um. Yeah. <laughs> took a second, didn't well, it? Well, <laughs> I was I thought you said teleporter and I was like, did she say teleporter? I definitely said teleporter. Um, but most scenes in Jackson, I do end up going to almost all of them. When we when you say crime scene, like what qualifies? Are we talking like murder, shooting, bank robbery? Is there Shooting, bank robbery, murder, stabbings, um run of the mill like gas station robberies. Um Sometimes even car wrecks fall into that. Mm-hmm. Um, anything where you could imagine crime scene tape going uh-huh. up, I'm I'm gonna be there. Gotcha. No so matter what like, time of day it is. You like sit and listen to the to the police scanners. Uh, we actually don't have access to JPD scanner anymore because they're digital, right? Yes. Um, but when we did have access to the scanner and we could listen in, yeah, that's what I did. 8 to 12 hours a day I listened to the scanner and did all my other stuff. So how do they keep how do you keep up with it now? Uh, we have a system with the police department where they notify us when there's been any kind of fatal mm-hmm. incident or a shooting or a stabbing or something. Huh. And then we also get, you know, People we have call. the internet. Yeah. So there are always going to be Facebook messages. There's always going to be Twitter messages. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be people calling and going, hey, what's going on over here? Yeah. So, and then you also go to court a lot. I pretty much live in a courtroom. Mm-hmm. Um, I go back and forth between courtrooms in my car. Um, cover a lot of Madison County. Um uh, but pretty much, the, my role is to take anything considered violent crime. So, any anyone charged with homicide, mm-hmm. I'm going to be in almost every single one of their court hearings. From city court or, or general sessions on through circuit and a verdict. Yeah. And, okay, so what would happen if it was like a white-collar crime, like embezzlement or something? Would that fall under you or would that fall under somewhere else? Um, sometimes it falls to me. Uh, just it really just depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. Like if I've got if I've got two court cases, because like I said, I'm one person, yeah. and we don't have a whole lot of people on staff anymore. So if I have a first degree murder charge and an embezzlement case going on at the same time in different courtrooms, I'm gonna go to the first degree murder charge. Yeah, I'm not gonna go to embezzlement. Uh, we have covered embezzlements. Um, I don't dedicate a whole lot of yeah. time to that. It's usually just TBI releases or arraignments from city court or general session, something like that. So you're and you're so you're kind of on call twenty four seven. 
24-7. Yeah. Yep. And it seems like a really dark um, topic to cover all the time, violent crime. How do you, how do you deal with that? Um, my dog. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Actually, um, I do... It's a weird way of kind of... You understand that you have to leave work at work. Mm-hmm. When you go home, you're not at work anymore. And it's really hard to do because when you're on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, it's really hard to leave work at work because yeah. at any given moment, you could have to drop what you're doing and go back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, you just, when you walk out the door or walk into your house, work is outside. Yeah. And when you're home, you watch, binge watch Netflix shows, read your book, hang out with your dog, do whatever, mm-hmm. and try not to pay attention to what happened at work that day. Because if you do, it's really easy to get bogged down in all the negativity. Gotcha. Makes sense. Where do you... Um, uh, newspapers are kind of in an interesting position. You know, where do you see journalism going? Because it's, it's going to be harder and harder to... Uh, as you mentioned, as a smaller staff than you've had in the past, and, and um, you know, as money continues to change, that staff might get even harder to cover things. So, like, where do you see journalism going? You know, what are the consequences of this this shift that's happening? A lot of our stuff is being pushed online. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and the, the difficult part of that is that we have a kind of older readership mm-hmm. where they don't, people don't want to go to the website, go to Facebook, go to Twitter for mm-hmm. that. We still have that diehard print readership where they want their paper and they want the news the way that it's always been um it's kind of well known now that that has changed on a gannett side Mm -hmm. um our stuff is usually two days old by the time it gets to print but we're pushing everything digital now so everything goes online day of immediately after um i'm doing updates from wherever i'm at Mm -hmm. usually in my car um they're also pushing a lot toward Facebook less toward Twitter more toward Facebook because that gets more numbers and traffic and yeah. a whole bunch of other stuff that I don't really understand but I like Twitter yeah it's a limited amount of characters less chances for carpal tunnel yeah <laughs> well um well so what are some what are some of the major cases that you're working on or that you get you can talk about I guess or um well definitely have Holly Bebo starting in two weeks uh the trial is starting with jury selection on september 9th and then the actual trial with opening statements it's going to start september 11th um in the middle of that bless his heart umer has to play me which means that he drew the short straw and while i'm gone doing this big in-depth thing with the bobo case we have two murder cases going on in Jackson. Hmm. One of them is also a death penalty case. So he's got to cover two murder trials for me while I'm covering one an hour and a half away in Savannah oh, with limited access to my phone. So good luck, dude. Man. Um, but Elmer is real, real good about he knows what he's doing um, and he knows that he can call me. Uh, so the Bobo case is going to be the big one. The other one is Urshan Miller, which is our other death penalty case going on at the same time. Um, and he was charged, you may remember, there was a robbery and a shooting 
at Bull Market on Hollywood, Thanksgiving 2015. Justice system moves super fast. Right. (laughs) There's and there's a reason for it. Um, It kind of seems slow to normal people, but I went through this couple of weeks ago with Brandon. It seems like the Bobo case has dragged out for so long. Mm But really, when you look at it, she went missing in 2011. They didn't find any remains until 2014, but they had already made an arrest before finding the remains. And then when you go through all the attorney swaps and they've asked that the judge recuse, they've had change of venue. I mean, you even had one attorney who was convicted of extortion. When you go through all that, it's really not unfeasible to last this long but it is a really long time yeah outside of the judicial system outside of normal people time. outside of normal people time six almost seven years is a real long time yeah but when you're talking about all that other stuff going on mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense a little yeah. bit that it's taken this long what do you love about what you do this is gonna sound really weird um I love the families of the victims that I get to work with um, because, yeah, I'm that guy that's going to show up at your house on the absolute worst day of your life. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be that jerk that shoves a cell phone in your face and goes, do you mind saying this on video? Um, But past that, I don't want to do anything that's going to cause any more damage Yeah. because you've already lost your child. I don't want to make your life any worse. Mm-hmm. So I've got a habit of... I'll, my mom used to accuse me of being able to talk to a brick wall. Yeah. Um, I'll talk to anybody. And if you're willing to talk with me, I don't care what we talk about. I'll just sit there and talk about sports or what Netflix show you're binge watching this week. Mm-hmm. And that's just... I know a lot of people through this job that... I don't talk to as a reporter and a lot of those are family members of people who have been a victim of a violent crime mm-hmm. well Miranda um, you said you mentioned is Twitter the best way to keep up with what you're doing in Jackson yes and what's that handle at Miranda Ferris with in, one R one R and an A not an I yeah and Miranda I've made both of those mistakes <laughs> So, all right, well, Miranda, thank you so much for helping to make Jackson a better place and choosing to call it home. I appreciate that. Today's podcast was hosted by Kevin Adelsberger. Our intro music was performed by Aaron Harden. It was recorded live at The Co. To find out more about The Co., visit their website at www.attheco.com. To find out more about our Jackson home and to read more about how amazing Jackson is, visit ourjacksonhome.com.